All right. <clears throat> Let's kick this off then. Let me get going here. Oh, he's showing the picture. Hold on one second. That's kick ass. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a good Sorry about the tires, Chrysler. <clears throat> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 22 of the Hooniverse podcast. I am your host, Jeff Glucker, and joining me as always is my co-host, Blake Z-Rated Rubber Wrong. Blake, how are you today? Doing lovely. Good. As always. Good. Well, enough of your, you know, your prattle. We got a guest. Joining us is special guest, uh, and if you're going to know who this is, if you're a fan of aftermarket wheels, you no doubt know that the best name in the business is HRE, no question about it. We have the president of the company, Alan Peltier, <laughs> with us today. <laughs> Alan, how are you doing? Great. I'm Thank you for great. joining us. Jeff, it's Absolutely. French, damn it. Oh, oh sorry, Peltier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to kick things off like we always do by talking about some new car news. Eventually, we'll get to old cars, though, because old cars rule. First up, I wanted to talk about uh, the new Infiniti Q50. Not the Q50 specifically, but the fact that Infiniti is going to sell the G37 sedan alongside of it through the 2015 model year. That's insane. Through the 2015 model year? 2015. Okay, so that's why it's a big deal. Because otherwise, it's like, okay, great, they're just doing a new car and you know they haven't replaced the old car yet because it's still got some mileage in it. Right. But, okay, they're 2015, so that's two more years of getting the G37. So... If you're going to be one of those guys that looks at the Q50 and all the reviews and you're like, man, this car sucks, man. I liked it when it was still a character and it was still interesting to drive. Oh, look, they still have the G37. Shut the hell and, up and go buy one of those. And they dropped the price. They, you can get a like a base G37, which is now the Journey trim, which isn't like a nothing trim. Journey trim? Is that a Dodge Journey trim? No, it's one of their <laughs> trims. Sure. Like they go base Journey something else. It's like That's 32 grand now, which for that car, is, it's a good price. Pretty good. Because the Q50 starts at like 36. And then the rest of the money you can spend buying Kleenexes so you can wipe away the tears to, uh, of, that you'll have of the fact that you don't have a BMW. Or HRE wheels. Reference no. our guest, jerk. I think that's chickening out. I think you should. Yeah. If you're going to come out with a new product that you're proud of. Kill the old one. You kill the old one. Exactly. You go. You and go big or you go home, right? I, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Imagine Did I just say that? that was, I'm yeah. sorry. That was kind of lame. I, I'm no. Not, no. I don't say nothing. That was great. I don't really talk like that. That's what we can we, uh, Yeah. Man up, pussy. Infinity. Bro, uh, no. so the thing is we constantly harp on the Infinity naming structure, how it's insane that it's all switching to Q. So this, you know what's more this insane? doesn't prove our Having point. Having the G37 and the Q50 as the same car technically in the same yeah. And like, you know, there is one point that they are slightly different now. You could almost consider the G37 to have become an entry-level sedan because the Q50 looks different. At least there's that. Yeah, but Maybe. Q50 is still going to be the entry-level sedan in the G. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in the right. D lineup. Although, what the G? What's the coupe going to be called? The G forty. I mean, the no, no, Q40. it's the Q sixty. No, it made sense before. It made sense before. Yeah. Different letters for the different levels. Right. And the different numbers for the different displacement. Q. It's Q forty five, right? And we we all fell in love with Q forty five when it came out because it was cool. Right. And now, right. It's like everything's a Q. But that, but that like, how long ago sense. was the Q forty five? Right, like the average person going to the showroom is like the you guys, Q, the Q you guys, were you guys born when the Q, when the doily, I was. when the doily, when the doily, you know the the, yeah. the the doily they had on the front of the. Hood? I mean, I was alive. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, see, yes, Blake was a photos. <laughs> um, all right, enough about Infinity because we kind of rail on them too much, and I do like their cars. I just don't like their naming structure. And oddly enough, indeed, by the time you listen to this, I will literally be driving the Q50. I'm driving it tomorrow, which <laughs> when you're listening to this is today. Are so. you going to Boston? No, I'm, it's in Santa Monica tomorrow. Because oh, they had a president in Which Boston, means today. I really wanted to go to that uh, because it's Boston. But let's forget about Infinity for a second. I Good. like this story Dumb. out of the Philippines. A man in the Philippines bought a Ferrari F12 just so he had the chance to possibly buy a LaFerrari. Not guaranteed. So he spent, and this is how much the uh, F12 costs in the Philippines. That's new money, son. World star hip hop. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that interjection, uh, DJ Khaled. Uh, it's, it cost him over $750,000 to buy that F12. And yeah. he might not even, because he, need he needed to own five Ferraris before. Why don't you buy five 360s and see if they'll let you swing a deal? <laughs> Five three F three fifty five. It's, it's got to be three new ones, right? right. You buy four and yeah. a fifth one's five, free, I think, five, right? You five, get a little, little card punched. Because the La, La Ferrari's. Obviously, going to be for him well over a million bucks. Well, just buy a used LaFerrari in five years from some back lot. Yeah, but you got to be first. You got to be first. But, but I think, be first, bro. 
bro. But I, no, but I think over there that's no big deal because like no. a, like a Cayenne probably costs like two hundred grand, right? Right. So. Right. And I mean, and, and also we're thinking on a scale of normal human money. Right. Like there's certain right. pockets of the world, certain people, and the guy goes seven fifty. Oh, cool. I don't have to spend a million. Sweet. And I'm not going to say anything bad because those people are our customers. Right. <laughs> there's, there's that too. <laughs> so the, so when you get the order for the five twelve in the Philippines and, uh, or F twelve, you know that dude can afford yeah. those wheels. Actually, we've been getting a lot of crust for F twelve. So yeah. So that's I'm not going to I'm definitely not saying. Anything. So that guy made a wonderful business decision. And he now needs to upgrade some wheels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> those, um, those vintage tricycles would look great on F12. I yeah. probably would. Actually. They actually yeah. probably would. That's and what's he going to do if he doesn't get the Veloc Ferrari? Go back to his other super Ferrari. That's yes. like the highest performing Ferrari other than the Well, he'll probably Ferrari. just get settle one for like a 918. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a good right. Maybe get a McLaren P1 or something. Did I say settle? I think McLaren's being picky. Yeah, right. I think McLaren's <laughs> being picky with who gets to buy their P1 as well. I think it's just because mm. they can. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. They're not worried about sales I mean, if you buy a McLaren, targets. you're probably more nerdy than the guy that gets a Ferrari. I don't know. Everybody I've talked to who's driven the Spider says it's unbelievably amazing. Right, but you're still kind of nerdy. I'm not as nerdy as a 918 guy, though. That's true. You get that a 918, you're a geek. That guy's a pocket that's a, protector. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a car geek. Right? Yeah, that because, taped up because the ultimate Porsche fan is actually hoping that some of those 918 guys maybe had Carrera GTs, and those are finally going to come back on the market, so he can scoop those up while they get their electronic wizardry 918. See, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Porsche geek, and I wish that were I was in. You that wish position. that was the case. I wish right. I was in that position. Yeah, <laughs> right. You want to have a car that will kill you, yeah. not yeah, save I'm you. I'm waiting for my Carrera GT. That's that's my that's my there stress right now. Still one of the best sounding cars ever. Guys, made. who's waiting for the Mansory 918? No you know one. There's gonna be one. Oh, why'd you say that? You it's just made me have a sad. It's gonna be awful. That's that's. Silence. Well, listen. There is sa- <laughs> there is sadness in life, Jeff. Um, so this. I'm gonna move on from supercars to almost the other end of the spectrum. The news came out today that the average age of a car in the United States right now is 11.4 years, and it's the highest ever. Well, my car's a 2000, so that's 13 years. So, and know, I just bought a 1984. Wow. So that's a lot of years. When were you born? 87. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I, you what know, I never even you, considered that until right now. And we've talked about my wagon. Car older than me? I could be your dad. That's <laughs> terrifying. I could be your uncle who gives you beers and stuff. <laughs> you you are at that level of creepiness, Jeff, so it's all right. I'm surprised you haven't asked me to go no, no, look no, at Playboys and no. smoke cigarettes we, in the back of your van. We have Playboy. to back up. Does we have wait. to... Playboy. Sorry. It's called the internet. Right. I have an, I have an iPad. <laughs> oh, um, these are vintage Playboys from his youth. It's got. Crazy. I have to. I have to back up because we forgot to talk about our beer tonight. We have good beer Alex, again because we didn't curious. have we didn't have beer on the last episode because it was the daytime one and I don't want to look like no, we a had Jeff's, raging. We had Jeff's right. beer. And Jeff's beer was. Pretty oh, good. see, I'm thinking. I was short. thinking two episodes ago with Gail Banks. We didn't have any beer. Jeff, oh, your beer so was the, not that shitty. Don't say yourself no, short. My beer was fine. It was still <laughs> shitty, but not that shitty. So was it right. shitty? Uh, so, uh, Alan, I'm going to let you tell us what you brought because yeah. you were kind enough to bring the beer tonight. No, I mean, I, I figured I'm driving two hours to come up here and it'd be nice if there's a beer at the end of it. So I knew you guys would have some, <laughs> but San Diego is like beer mecca and we're snobby about it. And, yes. Uh, we're HRE's right off the 78 uh, freeway, which is called the Hop Highway. Because there are breweries everywhere crossing up. Kangaroos, Stone, oh, Stones. There, obviously, that's that, that started it. But there's Lost Abbey. There's mo- so this brew is from Mother Earth, which is about a mile from Atri. There's six breweries within walking distance of Atri, and this is one of them. That's one of our favorites. So uh, it's called Ald Nucker, which is an IPA, and uh, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's called Ald Glucker. Yeah, I like that. Ald Nucker. That's a good name. Ald Nucker. Um, Alan, does anyone it's really delicious. call it the Hop Highway? I'm sorry? Does anyone really call it the Hop Highway? <laughs> uh, all the breweries do. In fact, they all have like shirts and different brews. Oh, that's going to be a massive marketing so, thing. So, yeah. No, I don't have I don't, I don't I was actually shirt. wearing that shirt right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, nor- I'm normally wearing nothing but an HRE shirt, but not today. <laughs> the, uh, guys, that's, a good, that's a good... That's a good... That's a good... The future of the mind. <laughs> that's a good... Imagine. Imagine. Yes. Imagine me shirtless. <laughs> that's a good... <laughs> that's a good marketing name because there's so many like wine valleys that are... They all team up and the, you know, right. you come along the grapevine shuttles. You know there's going to be a hop shuttle. So... There is one. The thing... Uh, you guys are making fun, but... I'll tell you when no, I, I, I used, to live, I used to live up here because I went I went to grad school, I went to college up here in grad school up here and when I moved down when I went to work for HRE my buddies from West LA they would come visit and they would come they wouldn't they didn't care about me right they would come down to go to Pizza Port or someplace to go get some really kick ass IPA mm-hmm. and that's not something that they could get here now you can yeah but back then you know you had to trek down to San Diego and now it's just become crazy yes I mean, it's it crazy. is and and I'm 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 actually 
trying to slowly wean myself off IPA because I've been IPA insane the last few years. <laughs> it's hard. I'm trying yeah. to switch to because it's just getting burnt out and everybody's just yeah. blowing out these IPAs yeah. and it's kind of like chill. Like let's focus on flavor, not just how many, how fresh and how just cramming yeah. junk in there to get how IBUs hoppy. out of yeah. control and. Give me a break for a minute, though. I, you know, I still go as soon as I. If my local guy is applying for me, there's no question I'm buying as many as they sell me. So, Absolutely. there's that. But okay, we. Just, I'm glad we talked about the beer. Thank <laughs> you so much for bringing it in. Um, but we got to get back to that. Oldest cars, 11.4 years old. Blake is a young man. Yes, we have a seven times. My my car has just became a teenager. He's going through some. It, well, you know, the car is. I guess it's a she, which would be really creepy. I guess well, she's finding her way. She's finding her way. Yeah. She's got new suspension, right? Yes, new she's suspension. She's got the new wheels. She new wheels. Just got it aligned. Exactly. Which, which, wheel, which wheels my ass? Well, that's a point of contention, Alan. Because we'll get to that. It doesn't make 15-inch wheels. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I, don't, I don't have bad and things actually, to say about most. I'm glad that you're here with our friend Corey Burns because we both drive Miatas. And we've been begging oh, HRD yeah, cool Miata. to that's make, cool. to make um, you know, some 15-inch basket weaves. 15, it's 15 not... by 8 basket weaves. Yeah, instead of the P1, you can so do the easy. PMX5. Tooling's expensive, and it's, it's <laughs> tough. It's tough to find a market that. Uh, look, our cost structure is really high, so for us to make smaller diameters, the cost doesn't get go lower really that much That's with true. the smaller diameter. So when it's like, hey, I'll make some 15-inch wheels for you, but they're six thousand bucks, and you're gonna buy them for your Miata, so. Which is actually almost the cost of my Miata. Right. Right, so then that's the problem for us. Is like the market and isn't necessarily there. You're also so. forgetting the thing that Miata Miata owners are cheap as fuck. <laughs> All those baskets. Like I recently sold I've my. I always wheels. thought that about Corey, but thanks for saying Corey, it. And I didn't have to Corey, say. Corey, come here for a second. Corey's sitting right here. He's a Miata owner. Corey, lean into this mic. Are you a cheap bastard? Yes. Yeah. My wheels were three hundred and eighty dollars for four of them. That when I called the company. <laughs> and I said, "Hey, I need a new, I, like I need a new center cap." I'm like, great, a sale, ding! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, I need a new center cap, and and he's like, "Oh, like how'd you lose it?" I'm like, "I lost it on the track." He's like, "Oh, right on, go, good for you for tracking it." Like, like he's surprised that I took him on the track. <laughs> nice. My life is in danger. All right, Corey, go sit did, down. Did, 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 <laughs> so, Corey, Corey, so, one more question: Did he rip you off on the center caps? Like, oh, the center caps are sixty bucks each. No, he sent them for free. Wait, did you get oh, all four guy. wheels for three hundred eighty bucks? Yeah, okay, so wow. the raw material for one wheel. Costs more than that. That's before we touch it, right? Right. So yeah, that doesn't. Really well, his work. weren't strewn from a solid block of aluminum, and then right. honed and down into wonderness. And, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. With your cool machines, and yeah. then your bucket of scraps, and yeah. I, I just like the bucket of scraps. I was, I had fun. I was there at the place <laughs> the like two years ago. It was awesome. Yeah, it's like uh, several bins. So of I had another topic, but I, since we're already talking wheels, I'm going to move into it. What I was going to talk about is that the fact that Mini is killing the coupe and the roaster to have a new sports car, but who cares? Mini's so far gone from what they were. So we're going to move on to mm. regular cars. So it's time to talk to Alan to little, learn a little bit more about him and HRE wheels. Mm-mm. Alan was a structural analysis engineer at Northrop Grumman before he joined HRE in 1999. There he climbed up from lead engineer to the role of president thanks to his efforts to push the company forward and turn them into a leader in the industry. Thank you so much for joining us. First wow. off, yeah, oh yeah, how'd you like that? That sounded wrong? pretty good. I did some research, did I do that? friend. Was that from a press release? <laughs> no, it's from his bio on the website. Um, I actually made it a little more dazzly, though. Yeah. Uh, this is probably a question that sounds simple, but requires a long answer on your part, and that's fine. And it's a basic, broad one that you probably get all the time. But what, what is it about HRE that makes you guys stand apart as one of the top wheel manufacturers in the world? I think uh, that is a, not an easy question no. to answer. But... Um, you have 30 seconds. It's okay. <laughs> no, I, I think it's our mindset. You know, I, I mean, I say a lot of different things. It's, I can say it's the quality, it's the material, it's the engineering, it's the design, it's the customer service, all those things, right? And I can say it's the people. And that's what you, I've been saying lately. It's the team, you know? But it's it's not just the team. It's the it's the mindset of the team. It, 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 I mean, we really are there trying to create the best wheels possible. And so, and that's not easy. And I'm not saying we're there. And I'm not saying we've succeeded and we're going to, you know, cause to me, once you say you've made it, you stop. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's a struggle and it's hard work every single day, but we are just, it's, it, it's just the mindset literally just trying to do it the best way possible. And, and seeing the team and Corey's been there and, and, and you see the passion and the, the honest, genuine belief of everybody there and how they're all trying to do that. And honestly, I'm, I'm I just feel lucky when i get to go to work and i get to work with this team it's amazing so that was a good that you know good that's job. maybe a little no that was flowery, a, that was but... a... <laughs> 
Um, and then, okay, so this is probably a dumb question. Um, we'll be full of those tonight. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen a car leave the factory from a manufacturer and thought those wheels are probably pretty good? Yes, really. And I should not say which, okay. but in fact, recently. I have to say the wheels on the uh, and in fact Porsche I'm a Porsche guy I love Porsche but I've not been a fan of their wheels okay and um, but the new GT3 has this center lock that I'm not fond of I'm not center fond of the center lock thing but the wheels are just stunning hmm. and I have to say that and if anybody out there who wants to buy HRE's has a GT3 don't ever listen to what I just said right exactly <laughs> <laughs> but the wheels are gorgeous and we do see They're a lot of really Porsches gorgeous. wearing HRE's so uh, Porsche the wheels used, work really well Porsche used to be our biggest customer in fact the Panamera is still one of our biggest the 997 Turbo was huge for us um, but the 997 Turbo is a little long in the tooth mm -hmm. and honestly like a 911S customer a little more conservative, probably not going to step up and buy HREs. So since the 997 is so long in the tooth, that business has dropped down. Panamera has taken the lead. But our number one vehicle right now, we were just looking at it, and and, and frankly, it shocked us. It's the 458. I was going to guess that. I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, and, you, and right? And when we were all like, four, duh. Every time you see like 458s in photo shoots or at yeah. car shows, they're usually wearing HRE wheels. Exactly. Uh, that's funny. Now, how many of those 458s have leaned towards the vintage look? Um, actually, that that's make. not. Um, I mean, most of them going for our new Series S one, which is a new three piece line, which is our top of the line okay. three piece. Um, the vintage is that's a very particular customer, right? And yeah. honestly, that's somebody probably my age or, or older who, like I said, fell in love with wheels back in the seventies and eighties, and really like that's what I want, that's what I like, and that. And our whole impetus behind that vintage line wasn't to make replicas of vintage wheels mm -hmm. it was to say let's take that design concept and make it today make it with our current engineering standards and make it so that when you put that on a modern 458 it looks badass i mean that really was timeless the exactly yeah right and so that was the impetus behind that line and but that's not a universal appeal to everyone right, right. so so it's 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 doing that line's doing really well but it's a particular customer that takes mm. it um so Speaking of the factory, you mentioned you've worked with Porsche. Do you ever go in at a high level with them and help them design any of their in-house wheels? Has that ever happened? No. Oh, no. Porsche okay. is very proud. So we haven't worked directly with Porsche. So, I mean, we've – that would be – and Porsche in particular, what I've heard is they're very, very particular about their own thing. Mm -hmm. And they don't like when you change things on their cars. But I think um, – that's just a brand that we respect. Okay. Obviously, the engineering behind a Porsche is is top notch, and we recognize that. And so, for us as a brand, uh, we're very proud that Porsche is so popular uh, for a tree. Um, but we do, you know, we we get approached by um, some other manufacturers. So Honda has approached us with the um, special mid-engine new sports car that they're working <laughs> on that I can't talk about. Sure. Um, and That's but, but not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my civic but, but that's really for even for testing programs so for HRE to do OE work that's not really our thing okay. um, we have been talking to some of the American manufacturers uh, that do some of the alternative uh, fuel stuff here oh cool and uh, we you know we'd love to get a contract with one of them because some of them are pretty cool yeah and um, we'll see where that goes but that's not our primary business our primary sure. business is aftermarket um, and we wouldn't be so arrogant to approach a an OE and say, oh, help, let us help you design your wheels. But hmm. in that sense, when they do bring us a proposal, oftentimes there are things about our platform or about our design philosophy or the way we do things where I can basically, not me, but where we can um, take their concept and say, you're designing it around a normal cast wheel, high production, high volume or something like that. And that's not why you approached us. You obviously approached us because it's a special edition. And if you're going to have a forged machining platform, there are design details, not just engineering details, but design details that can change, that can enhance that, hmm. and can really enhance the the look of the wheel so it looks, more, it just looks more special. It, it, it just, it, you look at it and you go, there's something different about that that's not just a normal production cast wheel. And so that's something because we are in that business, we have that design sense. And so sometimes there is a collaboration on... Um, uh, the design side hmm. from that perspective because we're just dealing in a platform that most automotive designers aren't currently working right. with. Huh. So. And when you worked in Northrop Grumman and you came over to HRE, what sort of uh, what sort of elements did you take from Northrop Grumman to 
that helped you at HRE to begin with, like composites or anything? Or so, just engineering? so when I was at Northrop Grumman, I did worked in composites and testing primarily. And actually, when I was in aircraft, I was doing structural analysis of aircraft structures or space structures, SI light or other things. And and that was primarily in composites. Um, Northrop Grumman at the time, sorry, was very big into composites. They had done the B two and and other things. Um, but the, the the reality was I was uh, I'm, I love airplanes, but I'm a car guy. I mean, I've been a car guy since I was three, or you know, and I wanted to work for a much smaller company. I was one of fifty thousand. The bureaucracy was getting to you. Right? It wasn't even that. It was just that um, if I wanted to work my butt off, it wasn't going to move the needle. Mm-hmm. And I was an above average employee or whatever, but I knew that I wasn't really contributing to the success or downfall of Northrop Grumman. Like if I left, it, it didn't matter. And that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to be a part of something where I knew that my contribution was going to make a difference. And so I was started looking for smaller companies and I wanted to work in cars. And so I, I was, I'll be honest, I was looking through excellence and I saw three companies, HRE, Fixie and Kinesis. And I was like, maybe aftermarket wheels, you know, and these guys are, the Fixie's not local, but I was like, you know, maybe, and I contacted HRE, and it turned out they had a need, and I met with the president at the time, and VP of sales, and I was like, I came back up here to West LA, actually, and my guys were like, my buddies were like, how'd it go? And I'm like, uh, dude, it was like I interviewed for that, it's like I was preparing for that interview my entire life. I said, I know I have the job, I know I've got to take a significant pay cut, <laughs> but I know I'm going to love it. And I went from working eight hours a day, secure job, all this stuff, and being miserable, doing really high-tech stuff that was cool to going down there and taking my structural analysis ability, the FEA stuff that I was right. doing, all of that, applying it to something that was a little simpler because it was just aluminum, but working 16-hour days, six days a week, seven days a week, and just trying to take this little company that was had potential and, and, and to turn it into something, not, not myself, but with everyone, to turn it into something mm-hmm. really special. And... Uh, and it, it's it's ongoing. It's still a lot of hard work, and it's still uh, a tough. Um, but where we've come in that time, uh, honestly, it's sometimes we look back and it's like, wow, look at look at what we've done, you know. And and that to me is so much more fulfilling than than what I was doing. And and all my friends know. They're like my wife. She she puts up with the long hours. She puts up with the long days. She knows. It's like you're happy. You do what you love. Right. And yeah. you know your life will come full circle when they ask you to put HREs on an F14 Tomcat. <laughs> And, there, and that's when you're like, man, we've made it. Um, so you guys, I see your wheels pretty often in various forms of racing. Yeah. How closely are you tied to the motorsport side of it? Or do they just select them? Or do you actually work with teams? No, no. Or? Yeah, if you're going to do motorsport, in fact, we'd love to be more involved. Um, uh, it, it's a matter of uh, uh, time, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it. No, you have to work closely with the teams. And so... Uh, there are some smaller teams and uh, that will pur- just purchase the wheels and they, and we just make them and they they bolt on and they're they're one of our motorsports uh, wheels. Um, but if we're talking to a, a, a bigger team, an ALMS team or something like that, then we're really going to work with them and uh, we're going to actually design something that's specific for that vehicle because we're not going to um, want to just have them buy something off the shelf. We're going to want to optimize everything mm-hmm. from the weight to the stiffness to the strength and to uh, from the fitment to the way, uh, the way how easy it is to take the wheel on and off the car and all kinds of other things uh, in terms of the motorsport side to to really make sure that this is something that's really going to work for them. Cool. And so it's 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 a little more involved than just buying something. So what so what's the craziest vehicle, motorsports or otherwise, that you've seen your wheels attached to? Like, is there any customer who's like, I want these on... A 2012 Fit. That's right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's high on the list. That's high no, on the list. Um, I, you know, crazy, I, I don't I, I know. There's been so many different things. I, I, I guess for me, it's not the, the, the crazy stuff. For me, it's the, the, it's the favorite stuff, I yeah. guess. Um, you know, the, um, the Gas Monkey Garage F40, for some reason. Oh, right. Yeah, that. that's a good one. Like the, black that, one right? the black one. Yeah. I, I guess because... The F40 was like one of my first sure. dream cars, you know? And they did and, a pretty good job on that that repair. Yeah, and when they called us, it, it was like, do you have something? Like, yeah, we have something. You're thinking the 505, the yeah. vintage, you know? And it's like, no, but that's not quite. We want to, We don't want it to be that vintage And we didn't have anything, so I'm like... They really you know, wanted to piss off, like, Ferrari. Well, yeah, they did. Yeah. And so we, we just wanted to make something that made that car look 
even better than right. it was. And so we just said, let's just design something. And so I spent a couple nights just designing something. And and it was really quick design, so it was really fast and easy to do. But to to make something sort of one-off and then to, to put it on that car. I mean, I was sitting there, and I'm sitting there in my office. And like, it's late at night. It's after hours, right? I don't have time to do this normally. So like, <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, that job is really, really cool. <laughs> you know? And so stuff like that and then the new nsx you know you know we're not talking production wheels for that but right. to have honda contact us for test wheels and for other stuff yeah that's I mean, cool i had an nsx in 90 you know i had a 94 hardtop and that car was my dream car in college and to have that car and now to sit there at night and it's like we need something that, like this, and it's like, well, that doesn't, nothing's gonna fit that. That's crazy. Well, I can design something just, you know, again right. at night. I'll just design something one off. And nobody's ever seen these wheels. They're not something that we sell. It's just a simple test wheel. And to have the engineers there just like get them and go, these are badass. Nice. Like, these are, I mean, and you're like, I know this is just a little inconsequential piece of helping to bring that car to market. But for me, that's super cool because I love that car and I love the NSX and I love the original. And, mm -hmm. and so those are kind of things to me that uh, remind me how lucky I am to be a part of it. I love how casual you are about that. Like, oh, I just designed these one-off wheels when I was off work <laughs> or something like that. So I assume that means your manufacturing process is pretty streamlined then. So it's CNC machines and maybe <laughs> printing for prototypes or... Yeah, so we have the capability. I wouldn't say streamlined. Uh, it's actually really, really difficult to do what we do. And um, you know, I've been um, I stepped back and been managing some production lately, and and it's it's actually tough to because we do everything custom, the custom size, width, color, offset, bolt circle, the lug seat, whether you want the ball seat from the factory, you want a conical. You know, it, it, there's so many little details that we uh, offer uh, that are variables. Um, it is a very complex thing to, to manage, and it's a very complex thing to make sure you get right, especially when you're making four wheels at a time. So we're not making tons and tons of wheels. It's build order. And so it's very, very tough. Um, so streamlined, um, not today, but maybe tomorrow. Okay. Um, you but your machines in the shop are Absolutely. Cool. So we do have the capability. So when Honda calls us or somebody calls us, it's like, hey, we need something um, it's not like we're just drawing it and cutting it. That's different. I mean, we're, you know, when I even the Honda wheels or the, the Ferrari wheels, you know, we did spend a lot of time on the engineering side and now analyzing them with FEA and everything to make, to make sure that these were optimized for the vehicle. They were strong enough for the vehicle and we're not going to send out something that's just going to have an issue structurally. So it's, it, from that perspective, that's awesome because we have the capability and then to be able to turn it around and, and see it materialize before your eyes because the machine is right outside my office right the machines not the machine but the machines you know that's also awesome so um you know you guys have been there it's it's, it's a pretty neat place yeah it's it's definitely neat yeah i actually uh, haven't been there yet but i'd love to go oh that's, so. that's oh that's, you right. need to come you, man. <laughs> i have <laughs> blake blake i'll just walk down hey blake 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 hey blake what? What? i've been there Okay. It's awesome. Really, Jeff? Really? Really? I don't think you mentioned it. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Okay, I got it. Cool. On that note, we're going to take a quick break to refill our beers. We'll be back in one second with more with Alan. So we're back. We've filled up our drinks. Uh, Alan and I are drinking a coconut IPA from Stone, which is actually fairly tasty. It tastes like there's real fresh coconut in the back. Blake, you are drinking something from Drake, I believe. I can't read this bottle. I know. I can't read it's this so many letters. It's Drake's Aroma Coma Indian Pale Ale. I think it's a that wine just sounds cooler. really hipster. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound really 75 hipster. 75 IBUs. Blake is also sitting. He is literally. I'm going to take a picture of this so we can show it to you later. Blake is literally sitting on a wheel. Uh, Alan, what size wheel is that? That's and what 21 inch. That's a new P101. This is. A Literally taller than my Miata. <laughs> it's, yeah, well, it's, I was going to say it's more awesome than the Miata, but Miata is actually pretty cool. I thought so. you were going to say it's more awesome than his Miata, and I was going to go, yep. No, no, I thought you were going to say <laughs> that too. That's what, like, what I was going to uh, say. Yeah, I'd buy that. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't offend the host. No, no, it's funny. I like it. <laughs> you shouldn't offend a market you don't make wheels for. have got a third co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you can bash a Miata and just be a co-host? Jeez. Yeah, what? I know. Step right up. The, the whole line no, coming out I, here. I, I like the Miata. Miata's cool. Especially when they're all tricked out for autocrossing or track. They're, they're actually really cool. Corey's giving us the, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so 
first of all, real simple question. When was HRE founded? Uh, late 70s. Okay, so, so that's before me. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where was HRE when you stepped up and when you joined and where, you know, and how far did you progress HRE as a company? So, um, when I joined HRE, you know, there were 14 of us. So, it was 1999. Still 99. And so, yeah, it was uh, still pretty small. It had a lot of potential and um, really had gone from really just catering to the weekend warrior sort of track guy and and said hey let's let's take this concept of three piece uh performance wheel and let's take that to the street and um I joined as the lead engineer at that time and it 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 needed a lot of work um and it you know but it I could see that it had potential and I could see that the people that interviewed me, I knew immediately that they had integrity and that I could trust them and that, you know, this is a place that I could call home. And so that was, that was really important for me. And it's been a struggle, uh, through the years and it's just been a lot, a lot of hard work, but everybody there and the team is now completely different, obviously. But, you know, like I said before, coming in to work and just seeing the people that we have and, and, and to see where we've come from then, um, it makes it really, really awesome. And sometimes sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes like the daily struggle, it, it, it's really tough and you have a really bad day or you have a really hard day and then you have to step back sometimes and go, man, you know, but look, 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 look at how far we've come, you know, look what we're doing today. And, and that makes it all worthwhile. And so, um, and like I said, it, the integrity thing, that's still there from the top to the bottom. I mean, we, we don't play games. We don't try to fake it. We don't, we really try to do things the hard way. And, um, you know, that means it's tough, unfortunately, things that we don't accept other people would. And, and, and so it's, it's costly, it's time consuming and it's frustrating at times, but, uh, every day it gets more and more streamlined. And so that's going to make it awesome. You know, it just makes it an awesome job. I mean, I love the challenge. If it was boring and if it was all cookie cutter every day, I'd be bored. Right. You know, and based on your background and everything, when they hired you, they must like just have you jump right into fire. A lot of experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have production background, but I, you know, I came in, I was hired to engineer, you know, do the analysis on the wheels. I wasn't even hired as a designer. Um, but it, it was clear that, the design side needed help and then it's clear the production needed help and so i ended up just doing a lot and 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 not you know and and that was what atri needed at the time it needed someone that was um able to do a bunch of different things and and still we still value that so that's one of the key traits if you're going to be a performer at atri you can't come in and expect to sit at a desk and just design wheels all day that's not going to work you know, we need you out there getting dirty. I was out there getting dirty this weekend, yesterday, you know. I mean, you know, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to move this business forward. And the, and the more flexible you are and the smarter you are, uh, the more value you're going to be for our team. But you have to have that integrity too. So if you don't, if you're there to play games or you, we can't trust you, you're not going to fit in. It's just, you're, you're just going to get ejected. So. Has, has HRE always targeted like high-end cars like Porsches and Ferraris? Or yeah. When Since they started off, they didn't do like Dots and 240Zs or anything? <laughs> I, maybe before I was there, it did right. some lower-end stuff. Maybe before but, we were all born, really. Yeah, but, <laughs> but once I, when, since I've been there, really, um, Porsche and Ferrari, a Cor when I first started, Corvette was really big, okay. um, a lot of BMW, and then it shifted to Porsche. We weren't actually the Porsche leader, um, and that was something for me personally, I just was really bugged by that. And, and so maybe it wasn't, you know, rational, but I wanted Atri to dominate the Porsche aftermarket in the United States. And that's when we came out with the monoblock P40. Um, and that is that, is that, has, is that one of your like iconic yeah, wheels? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, so the reason when I first one. started, we had a 540, which was a three piece mash. That was iconic. And then when we came out the P40 monoblock, um, that really allowed us to capture the Porsche aftermarket. And, and so this is the mid eighties then? No, no, no. This is 2006, oh, 2007, okay. probably 2008. I'd like to see what we so, had in the mid eighties for like the eighties, like the 3.2 Carreras and stuff. Well, look at, if you look at our vintage stuff, that's where you, that's where you're going to get that. So okay. the vintage stuff is sort of showing you what, um, basket weaves uh, have always been part of your portfolio yeah, then. Exactly. Nice. Now you mentioned stuff about like, if, if you don't step up, if you don't be trusted this and that. So there might be people outside the company who want to emulate what HRE has done. What do you, how do you guys deal with knockoffs? <laughs> well, and, and knockoffs, 
for the most part, knockoffs are affect us in Asia. Um, we don't really have a problem in Europe, and we don't have a problem in the United States because there are pretty strict laws. Um, I've stepped off of uh, a, a bus in Taiwan and seen a, a GTI sitting there with uh, P40s in 18-inch. Well, we don't make a P40 in 18-inch. Oh, that's funny. You know, and I had been, just been in the country, you know, half an hour. Um, you know, <laughs> Thanks, uh, Blake. One of our other sales guys. <laughs> that's racist. <laughs> we saw Sorry, it's the coconut IPA. <laughs> of course. You know, I've been to, I was in Beijing and I saw a guy, on, this was actually worse because for the most part, if you go to, like, if you go to mainland China, you're going to see a lot of um, HREs, but they cost $400 a set. And so the customers, I think, understand that they're not buying real HREs. The problem has become uh, they're starting to say, hey, I want the genuine HREs made in Taiwan. It's hmm. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, <laughs> right. No, 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 no. The genuine ones are made in Vista, California. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? And, and so that's – there's like knockoffs and then there's the higher-end knockoffs. And then I was in Beijing and I was in a shop and the guy was really proud. He's like, I've sold seven sets of HREs and I've got the eighth set. I've, you know, I'm selling them for uh, Audi R8s and they're going for $8,000. And I'm like, okay. And he showed it to me and it was a three-piece wheel and it was clear it had been made in Southern California because I could see the components, I could see the different pieces and I was like, this has been made in Southern California but it was not made by us. Huh. And so it was a knockoff of the one of our wheels and he's like i'm like no that's i'm sorry that's not real wow. and he's like i've sold seven sets of these i bought these from hong kong and i'm like and he's like no well, there's your problem they're, right they're there. real they're, they're really real and i'm like they're not real i designed the wheel you're talking about right. that's not it wow you know and that kind of thing is you kind issue. of feel bad for that guy then too. right we felt really bad for the guy and that is something that is more worrisome because that customer really thinks they're getting a tree. Mm -hmm. right. And so, when, and you got someone down the street making them apparently yes, from knockoffs. Yes. And allegedly. Actually, it's happening that's here. It's is. happening up here in LA. So, you know, that's, that's a challenge. And actually we've had recently a bunch of problems with customers. Same thing. It's like, Hey, can you help me with my 26 inch HREs that I've got? There, there's a problem. And like, we don't, <laughs> that's make, what I'm sitting on, make, right? We don't make 26 inch HREs. And it's like, I paid $10,000 for these. Oh and I'm my like, God. I, I I don't know what to tell you. I we didn't we didn't make those. That's crazy. Yeah. That's and it's hard to deal with that customer because now they're like, oh, HREs. In fact, we had a customer who was sold a set of used pieces, and it was clear they were they were made for a seven series and they were repurposed for a Cadillac CTSV and all this stuff. And and the guy got charged ten grand and all and all this stuff went south. And he finally contacted us and said, I keep dumping money into these wheels. Can you help me? And we looked it up, and we were just like, okay, where did you get these? What is going on? And and he just got ripped off. And it, and, it, and it's really, really unfortunate. That's amazing. And, and it's, it's, you really need to look at our approved dealer list. You need to look at – because there are, unfortunately, people out there that will take advantage of you. Sure. And, that, and that's and, – and what we do do is we don't just say, I'm sorry. Obviously, we're going to do everything we can to take care of that sure. customer. You know? And so you know, we're going to help them. Uh, get into a proper set of wheels and 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 make it right as best because at the end of the day he was trying to buy our brand right and right. something went south and whether that's our fault or not at the end of the day and it sounds like it's usually not because it no, sounds like the shop we don't and right we that. wouldn't and if it was somebody that was on our dealer list uh, of course they wouldn't be a dealer of ours right, anymore right and so that 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 doesn't happen our dealers are actually very very professional so now you guys have a wheel that's going to be much harder to copy your carbon fiber series yeah. Uh, when is this? Is this available now, no. or is it rolling out? No, I wish that it were. It's been it's been a long time, and it's been uh, it's actually scheduled to go through some final testing here in August in in Germany. Um, Does it have to hit TUV certification? It's not, there's actually not a TUV cert certification yet. So all the carbon wheel guys that are trying to create carbon. We're all sort of working with TUV to define oh, okay. carbon because it can pass the aluminum specifications so the fatigue specifications because mm -hmm. carbon it, the fatigue properties are way higher so passing the fatigue tests they've already, we've already done that um, we're actually uh, going to put it on this other OE uh, test that they do and it, it's actually a crazy simulation the test takes like a week and it actually cambers the wheel and turns it and does all kinds of stuff as it's rolling and so that's the test machine we've been waiting for. And unfortunately, one of them has gone down in Germany, so we're waiting for the second. But the real point is uh, we're, we don't want to just pass aluminum tests and say, oh, yeah, these wheels are good. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we need to pass specifications that are designed for carbon, that really test carbon uh, to its weakness. So that's going to be know? like more 
aero grade stuff then, right? It, yeah, I and mean, that's the thing with a wheel. <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of carbon parts that come out on aftermarket, right? Hoods sure. and this and that, but they're not usually structural. So a wheel is structural. It, it's not just uh, cosmetic. It has to have uh, the right impact resistance. It has to have the right rigidity. It has to have the right longevity, and it's exposed to everything, right? So the, the environmental exposure, the heat and everything that it's exposed to is unlike any other part of the car. And so from that perspective, um, it's, it's not a simple thing of making a wheel. I've seen some wheels that I have a, I have a rim in my office, came from um, uh, Asia, and um, it's clear they took a, an aluminum rim and they copied it in carbon. Wow. And they're like, here, this has passed all these tests. <laughs> and, and, and we laughed at them. <laughs> right. And my operations manager said, you're, li you're, li you're a liar. Right. It, it, it clearly has not passed those tests because we know that carbon can't pass those tests in those dimensions. It, it doesn't work. And so, you know, but could they bring that to market? Probably. And would people probably buy it thinking that it's been certified and tested? And probably. You know, so it's 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 kind of a scary thing for us. Our reputation, reputation, That's and everything terrifying. we have on the line. Yeah, <laughs> everything we have to lose. Um, unfortunately, it's taken a lot longer than we want, but um, you know, we want it to be done properly. And, and your wheel isn't a one isn't a solid. No, it's wheel, a two right? piece, and so it has titanium fasteners that hold the the forged aluminum center together, okay. which gives us a lot more flexibility on the fitment side and everything, and on the style side. So we can change the styles and the fitment easily and so it's not a full carbon but we can get pretty close to or match a, a full carbon weight so. okay and um i know you mentioned that you were working on the uh, carbon fiber specifications and the testing as well mm -hmm. um which is interesting because a few <clears throat> months ago i went with a company that is making a full uh, full carbon fiber wheel mm -hmm. and the people there were saying that they were working on the uh, writing the um specifications as well for the testing yeah, and, that's, so, and that's right so yeah. and, and and that's probably legit if they're a legit company because what uh, tube has done is they've reached out to the industry and said let's create this specification together so that we all make uh, make sure it makes sense and so they're not just saying we're going to create a, a specification because they don't actually have a lot of experience with carbon either. So okay. they're, they're getting carbon experts in to say, what should it really be? And so everyone is defining, defining that as we go. How aggressive can you get with your designs for carbon? Is it pretty limited? or can No, you, we're can using you push a Ford Center, so we can go do whatever we want on the So style. if I came to you as a customer and said, I want a carbon fiber Ronal teddy bear. How about a carbon fiber three-piece? <laughs> well, it would be a carbon barrel with a Ronal teddy bear in the middle. Um, that HRE awesome. would cost. <laughs> HRE does do some <clears throat> one-off stuff for people. I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I would say it's thirty to fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Because, and not that it. The reality is, it's going to take the place. That time, right, is going to take the place of us developing, of course, something internally, which is a, we have a very busy production schedule. I mean, a develop product development schedule. And yeah, you so, don't want to push back a run of wheels for my carbon fiber Ronald teddy bears. Exactly. <laughs> and so if we're going to sell one set of wheels to someone, um, you know, we need to make sure that they're very, very yes. serious. No, that makes, so, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So besides the wheels, you're obviously a massive car guy. Do you have anything fun in the garage right now besides the fit? Um, I have to say no. Okay. I, I, have, to, I have to say no. Um, <laughs> and um, that's it's sort of a – it's a bit of an embarrassment. The, the fit is – Hilarious because um, I texted my wife one day and I said, I think I'm going to buy a fit. And, and the response back was, who is this? And, um, <laughs> but when I, uh, the next day, I bought a fit. And of course, uh, one of our top sales guys saw me and he's like, is that your fit outside? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you've wanted one of those things for four years. <laughs> and he was right. And I've had, I had a 997S at the time and I had a, a new F10 550i and I hated it. Did I just say that on there? You can I, say I, that. I hated it. it was, I, I, I'm not a huge BMW fan. I should have bought a 535i and put some Dyna and stuff on it or something. Yeah. Because it, it would have been lighter weight. <laughs> um, but I, 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 it, it was way too heavy and the steering was way too heavy. It felt like I was driving with the, dancing with a corpse. Right. the best way to describe it. I like And coming that. from a 997. You were going to see that in a Universe review and an Auto Week review. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm using it I'm in my saying, review of the car coming, driver right now. Coming from a 997 where the steering wheel just told you uh, so oh, much my, feedback. Uh, yeah, to going to this, I was I was so so disappointed. That's funny. Um and then uh that got totaled. Uh, someone oh, was no. texting and ran a red light in front of me and luckily nobody was hurt, but I punted her Shamri across <laughs> 
the intersection. Um, As you should. did a good service. And um, she was fine, and her sister was fine. And um, But the everyone, I said, hey, I've been in an accident. I'll be in to work late. And literally the responses I get back were, I hope it's totaled. I hope it's totaled. We know you hate that car. We know you hate that car. Oh, my God. And, wow. um, and so I was riding my uh, bike um, for six months. And I realized, okay, I've got a four-year-old and a six-year-old. I can't just continue riding a motorcycle, you know, as much in as I love my GS. Um, I, it's funny. I hate my BMW car, but I love my BMW motorcycle. But I, I hear that a lot. <laughs> um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy the cheapest car I can think of that I can... That doesn't suck. Do, exactly. That yeah. doesn't suck. It's does a not packaging freaking... Mar- it's like a... You know... And, okay, this is... I'm a geek, so I'm not actually a Harry Potter fan. I'm a Star Wars fan, but... Harry Potter, right? Hermione, like, pulls out her purse and pops up a tent. And you walk in the tent, and it's like a big palace inside, right? That's like a Honda Fit, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like this tiny little thing on the inside, and you get inside, and you're like, what the? You, you should know? have been here uh, a week ago <laughs> when we were talking about Comic-Con. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah no, but it handles well, and, you know, yeah. it's great. That's I've one got, thing. I've yeah. got, I've got and yours is a manual, over. I assume. I've got, yeah, I've got a manual yeah. S, and it's, it's I mean, one of I've the got best gearbox, manual gearboxes yeah. in the business it's got behind a co- It's got coilovers on it, so it handles. It's like a little go-kart. What coilovers do you have? Eibach. They made some... They made they made coilovers for the CRZ. Uh-huh. They didn't have okay. coilovers for the Fit, but they made some uh, specially tuned. They changed the damping rates and some stuff, and and, and made me a set for the Fit. Nice, so. That's awesome. that is pretty cool. Yeah. Now, one more custom question. HRE wheels on it too. Of course, yes, yeah. Yeah, those are pretty bitching. <laughs> um, uh, one more question uh, before we move on to some just random other stuff going on in the automotive world. Uh, has there is there a car out there that you either have expected to or really want to see come into the shop or get an order for wheels that you haven't seen yet. My Miata. <laughs> Keep dreaming, buddy. Corey's Miata. That's a good question. <laughs> That's a really good question. Like, what's out there? Like, what's out there? Are you waiting to see some, done. like, wacky right? A-hole in an H1? or like hre 21s no like maybe maybe something even exotic like no but the exotic stuff i mean i could say yeah i want a hawaira or something you know but that's you know it's i mean we love those cars and and they're awesome koenigseggs and 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 paganis they're, they're amazing but it is so close to what we do normally i mean aventadors at hre are not that uncommon sure right so you know, it, it, it's almost what I'd love to see. It honestly is, and I don't even know if we would have wheels for it, but I would rather see something totally cool, like an an old Datsun two thousand Roadster or something, something totally, something or like an Alpha GTV. There you we go. You know what I mean? Something just really. Do you guys get muscle cars? Actually, you know what? Our creative director has an Alpha. Does he? He's gonna kick me for yeah. It's a GTV6. Oh, but, um, good man. Good man. But yeah, something, yeah, we do get muscle cars, and yeah. we do get a lot of cool muscle cars. So actually, we're kind of used to that, too. Okay. What we don't get is a lot of cool, but the prop, the reason is, is what you guys were complaining about before, is that smaller diameter, you know, we don't have a lot of 15-inch offerings, and so you can't put 18-inch wheels on a Datsun 2000. Right. right. So right. that's kind of the bummer. So I think, oh, well, I'll tell you what we have in our shop, right? I shouldn't say, oh, I guess by the time this airs, it'll be gone. So we have a Gullwing. When does it leave before you say We that? have a 1955 Gullwing. Yes. Okay. And Mercedes SL. And it's getting HREs? It's, it's probably not. I'll be honest. They want to put wheels on it, and I don't want to put wheels on it. I, because wow. I'm just like. I like your restraint. I'm just like, I don't think you should mess up that car. And as, as much as I love our own wheels. Right. That car should be kept. I really because they're going to end up being like low profile tires. I'm not too. No, I I like that a lot. It turns out that that we might not be able to do it. The car's geometry is such that mm, no, that's that's cool. That's that's I can. And also, we we did an episode at Auto Week where we just complained about the lack of sidewall on modern cars. You know, like you got to have some BV sidewall. It rides better. It looks normal. Not every car has to look like a concept car or a Hot Wheels toy. That's yeah. right, exactly. So. And an SL, an old Gullwing SL. I mean, a fifty-five, especially. I mean, it, it's, it's silver with red interior. I mean, it's so just drop dead gorgeous. That's and awesome. It, you, it, it's like I, I don't want to touch it. I mean, the eighties. You know, if you did a DeLorean, you know. a DeLorean, DeLorean hey. with the the flat. Did you know, dish, you know, we, we know, you know, H3 was the OE supplier to Vector. 
Oh, Back in nice. the day. Yes. <laughs> I've seen yes. Gerald Zygart <laughs> and it was a three cars spoke. and coffee. We were just talking about three spokes. It was a three spoke wheel. Wonderful. That is so eighties. Oh, I have seen so a 80s. vector pull out of cars and coffee just spewing a cloud of oil behind yeah, it. it was I amazing. saw a vector oh. at the at um at the Long Beach Grand Prix and I think it Jerry Weigert was there. That's who I saw at Cars and Coffee. It was probably him. We also did depressing. the S seven, which was cooler. The S seven. That was our cool. long term car. Yes. Now I No, not the Audi. The oh. the uh Celine. Celine S7. Okay, got it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, moving on to something just as beautiful was the car that you pulled up in today, Blake. You oh, looked, you're, you're you Honda Civic SI. No, no, not that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Hoop-de-ass SI. The Beetle TDI convertible. Yes. You looked wonderful. Oh, me and Corey rode in it with the top down. I'm totally calling out Corey on this it one was... because, Corey, come on. Look at me. Look at me. That's right. We ro- we drove that thing with the top down. Especially right here in SoCal, right Redondo along the ocean. Oh, right along the ocean. Like, listen, literally I'll be the honest. beach is right there. I wouldn't blame you if you ended will, up holding I'll, hands. Like, it would just happen. Listen, I'll be honest. Both of white. us drive girly convertibles. We're used to it. But the the... The Beetle is actually, I took that thing up to Holland, I drove that up those floors all the way to Oxnard, and that car is actually a lot of fun to drive. It is a lot of fun. It's got, That's it's a got great really heavy motor. steering, which is, I know, something you were complaining about, Alan. But, um, you know, it's got a really I don't mind heavy steering as long as it's got feedback. feedback. It yeah. does have pretty good feedback. Yeah. It's got, the DSG would just stick it in third the entire time, which yeah. is great because it's got enough torque to just crest you out of corners. And, um... It's um you know it rides pretty well it it just understeers like crazy but yeah. it's not like you know unmanageable understeer like you just kind of plow you don't you never no, plow you in that car you just have to slow down you just kind of have to yeah you just kind of have to back off oh, yeah. left foot brake a little bit set it, it up it slows down come on uh, so Blake I'm gonna cut you off because I know you're dying you to talk about my Civic yes and your Civic go is- ahead. Your Civic is, where do I begin honestly there are enough rattles in that thing it makes enough weird noises to open up for fish. It's um wow you are it's a journalist somewhere the clutch takeoff is around like I think the you know the clutch you lift is going the clutch, the clutch is and going somewhere it finally engages somewhere around like Pensacola or something and it's um well the shifter knob is nice like it that is. It I is. like that but honestly every time I go over a bump the steering column rattles so I feel like it's gonna fall off in my lap and I'm gonna plow into the ocean what year is it. 2000 SI. 2000. 2000 SI. It's, um... Uh, see, you, you screwed up. You should have bought, like, a 94 or No, something. no, no. 2000 <laughs> SI. 2000 SI is the best year. Yeah. 99 and 2000. Year, I got it for free. Uh, and I'm trying to sell it. I had, a 90, <laughs> I had a 94 GSR, and that thing was amazing. That... Okay, yeah. That's the passenger awesome. airbag has already gone off because someone died in it, apparently. Nobody what? died sure. in it. No, 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 you're driving a haunted sure car. Someone didn't die Nobody in it? died in it. It was my friend's car, and oh. uh, everybody who's listening knows this, but I'll explain it to you, Alan. <laughs> uh, it's, my, it's my really good friend's car, um, my, my brewing partner, as a matter of fact. His wife was driving on the highway, um, and a truck in front of her rode over something, and like the air sucked it up a little bit, hit the front end of the car, caused both airbags to blow. Uh, but it was mostly just um, cosmetic damage, so it had a carbon fiber hood that was peeled back. The bumpers cracked, the grills cracked, it, so it looks like dog and shit. By, and by cosmetic damage, you mean I drive down the, the road. The car was already. And I drive down the road, and I see this little flap of duct tape flip. That's like, true. Fluttering that in the true. wind. Was, you don't have like a big coffee can sticking out no, the back, No, 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 no. Stock no, exhaust. It's got, it's got two, two exhaust. ticks of NOS in the back, though. There's one. One tick, sorry. That's true. It, so it Did does it have it does have a header and intake, though. That's fine. Um, so it actually sounds really it good does sound when you get into. It pretty good above five thousand. Yeah. Well, you have to drive it. You I have did, to wait till it kicks in. It's yeah, you got to drive it because the thing revs at like eight <laughs> or nine. It sounds awesome. Yeah, I've never gone eighty miles an hour in second gear, but that's I mean, the other thing. Great. On the highway in fifth, you're like, wow, I really need sixth gear. Yeah, I actually love. I mean, I have a fit, so I. I mean, I had an NSX. I had a the GSR. You know, NSX my to brother. Fit. No, what? no, I had yeah. How the mighty have well, well, and, and I had a 997S. <laughs> hey, at least he's keeping it in the family. No, man, but the fits. All, I mean, I, I, okay. I'm everybody, a, who drives I'm an a engineer, fit. right? No, no. So everybody remember? who drives a fit loves it. Yeah, the guy yeah. who co-owns Hooniverse is a is an engineer as well. Yeah, and they have a Mazda five. So yeah, there you go. There you Small go. cars that exactly. are brilliant to drive. Exactly. Um, so. Moving on from my Civic, you're about to do something amazing, and I hate your guts so much, Blake. I am going to Germany to drive the Nurburgring and on the Autobahn in a Porsche Panamera. Wait, Turbo. say that again. You're going to drive the Nurburgring on the Autobahn? Is that what you just yeah. said? And the that's Autobahn. going to be and the Autobahn. Actually, they moved the Nurburgring to the Autobahn. Nurburgring is actually now part of the Autobahn. So you go down the back stretch to get to Dusseldorf. Nice, that's Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I might die. I've never been to Germany. But, well, no, no, whoa, 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 whoa! I've never driven a Nurburgring. Doesn't matter though. And I've never driven a Panamera. Anybody, a, anybody a, with his. I don't know if you know this, Alan. Oh, of course. But Blake is well, a graduate of the CTSV you know, Racing School. Just to be modest, I also wrote. I also went to the Ducati. It was designed Monster at program. the Nurburgring. 
There yes, you go. That's true. <laughs> there you go. Ducati Monsters. There's a lot of short Asians. Don't, don't drive a Ducati Monster on the so, ring. Yeah, you'll, you'll feel right at home. That's great. Yeah. It's it's yeah. perfect because. Yeah. I so you're going to be driving a car that's capable of nearly 200 miles an hour on the Nurburgring. Yeah. Well, if you put it that way. Yeah. No, I am. I did. Yeah, yeah. I think you're I just did. That way. Okay. Uh, so that's. Right. I'm actually wildly jealous car, of you. At least. And I hope it's a modern car, which is nice. I hope my friend has shown up in a BMW 8 Series, which will be fun on the ring. Not as fun as the turbo Panamera. Also no. Terrifying. The Panamera turbo is going to knock that thing on us. Anyway, it's a fun trip. And yeah. I'm doing it. I mean, you know, actually, it actually goes into this article I'm going to be working on because every year they talk about putting speed limits on the entire Autobahn. And right now, only 40% of the Autobahn is unlimited. But every year, it's either like the Green Party or the Christian Democrats or one of the parties that's in charge always talks about putting speed limits on the entire thing. So I have no idea what the parties are in Germany. I only know one of them, and I know they're not in power. There's always a Green Party. There's always now, a fascist party. There's always like a labor party. Okay, so you guys Every can... European countries like that. You can string me up, but I have to say, you know, the Autobahn is awesome, but it is f- absolutely frustrating. At, you're like, unlimited, awesome, for a mile. And you're like, Really? And then it goes back to 120 kilometers an hour. And you're like, and then you go up. And I sit there and you go up and back, up and back, up and back. And I'm well, like, I, I am burning like 10 times more fuel accelerating I, every I, time. I, I've only been there once, but it was like a it month like, ago. So I'm still talking about it because I'm still excited. Um, and you went on a press what trip. I've so heard, it probably took you to all the good stretches of the Autobahn. It was decent. What I've heard, though, is that the uh, what everybody there does is they maintain a speed that's a little bit over the 120. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of keep it. During well, the unlimited. They I got, go to like I got I got the cameras flashing at me a couple times, once. but I was in a rental car from Switzerland. What were you so driving? I, was, uh, uh, I have no idea. It was uh, some piece of a Fiesta or something. All I know is I hit 144, and it made me very happy. That's yeah. not not K M. So, and it was a diesel, <laughs> um, which everybody who's listening to this has heard me say that a billion Wait, which, times. Which diesel was it? Actually, GTD. Okay, I'm legitimately asking this. Not oh, GTD. So oh. the Mark Seven was cool. awesome. It was. Let me punctuate that. It was fucking sweet. Okay, um, thanks for punctuating. So <laughs> I just I'm getting down here. I'm seeing what I wrote for the rest of the schedule. And my first bullet point is that I'm not heading to the ring, and then I want to skin you alive and wear you as a suit to get there. Except I can't fit into a boys' meeting. You can't fit. I have a smaller. <laughs> I have a smaller beer gut than you, Jeff. Uh, so I just drove <laughs> the new 2014 Lexus IS350 F Sport. I gotta say, right. I'm pretty impressed. You did impressed. the world's weirdest burnout in it. I did, which everybody will see probably tomorrow. I might run oh, it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, the video is already online. Do on it, a Jeff. Channel. Live the dream. Grab left by the horns. <laughs> run it tomorrow. <laughs> Fuck it. We do it live. <laughs> uh, Lexus is building good cars again. I like the 250 F Sport I drove. Yeah. It was nice. I mean, it was a bit more is stable it, and solid and kind of sedate compared to the last is one. Is it not boring? Because they've always made good cars, but no, they, bit, that's the thing. So. The, like so nice, it started boring. for me with the redesigned GS. Yeah, the 350 F Sport is a blast on the truck. It's so much. It's maybe because you know you don't expect it, and there's a little bit of that. But you get it with like limited slips and uh, just great tra- uh, adaptive uh, suspension systems, and then you pop into Sport Plus, and everything comes alive. And there's a better growl. There's a great intake noise. The steering. There's actual feel in the steering, which is wonderful. Uh, so then I'm in this. So then they even did a little bit of that to the LS because you don't want to do too much because right. it's still the cushy cruiser. But I've done one of the biggest, meatiest burnouts I've ever done in a car in an LS F Sport, just huh. lighting them up. This is the so, 460, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, not in the 600. But then, right. so then I just had this IS 350 F Sport, and the IS has always been their sportiest car, and it's been okay. I mean, the ISF is a fun like drift right. toy. Um, and man, I get so much shit from Lexus enthusiasts because I, I, really I like said the, the exhaust pipes are dumb. And they're, no, they, they are, are dumb. dumb. No, 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 no. And I stand okay. by that. I'm an engineer, and I can't buy that car because it's got poser exhaust. Thank you so I, much. I, I, I'm sorry. I love the car. But everything else about it's the like, car is yeah, so much fun. Exactly. Though, but but like, I wrote that. I wrote in, in a YouTube video I shot. Uh, I said something like, I said, I, and the whole time I'm praising the car. And I wrote something like, except, the, you know, the, the uh, exhaust pipes are goofy as hell. They're they like, you think those stupid. are ugly? You're ugly. F you, faggot. I'm like, come on, man. Like, I just said I love the car. I Jeff, think the exhaust is Jeff, stupid. let's face it. To be fair, you are pretty ugly. So. Thanks, Blake. They had to have a, they had a point there. <laughs> um, so the new 350 F Sport is just everything 
that was good about the GS is just distilled a little bit into the IS, and it's it's a tighter mm. little package. That sounds like a good format. Pop it into Sport Plus, and they did the one thing that was kind of neat. It's a little gimmicky, but it's also cool, and it's gauges. only on the S Sport. The gauges yes. they borrowed that gauge from the LFA, where it's uh, the TFT mm -hmm. screen. So it's like the lightning quick tack. I mean, it doesn't need to yep. rev as quick, but. You hit a button and the whole thing slides over and you get an extra menu and it, it's neat because yeah. Lexus fans are usually slightly techy, I would say too. Yeah. So it's it's a good fit. Um, and, and so let's thumbs face it, up Lexus has always experimented with weird ass gauges in the IS. Remember the first one that had the Chrono gauges? It yeah. was the white dial and the three little dials in the middle, which is something I never. This got almost to harkens when I was back to it then. In the yeah, export. exactly. No. Then the second gen IS had you know boring normal gauges, and this one actually it's it's great. It's such a killer party piece. And they've they've always made fantastic cars. So the fact that they're making them exciting, some exciting, there, exactly. there's, there's, they're making there's, exciting. So they've always awesome. been nice luxury cars. Right now they're finally adding in the driving part. And that's a, that's a big deal. That's you know a what? huge step. I don't know. And if I, they're yeah. pushing their design finally. The designs have always been tame, minus like that the IS um, like wagon, which I kind of like because I love ugly right. cars, and that thing's awesome. Sport cross the street. It's, yeah, they're pushing their designs, and it's it's a polarizing hater to love it with a predator face. Yeah, I, I'm a fan, I, especially in the yeah. F Sport with all the extra vents and fascia. I, I think bits. for me, it's like I, I, like the the brand has always been so conservative to see this really it's aggressive a big face departure. on the, the the conservative brand. I'm kind of like. What what are you what are you doing? Yeah. Like you look like you got a boob job or something. It's right? Just, no, no, like no. That's a, that's weird. actually a good way to say it. You know? it's, yeah. it's pretty so, bold, but you know. But thankfully, to, you can back it up. To belabor the point, I don't think I was as impressed with the new IS as you were, and I might have just driven a 250 F Sport, but I was expecting it to be a little bit lighter on its on its feet, and it was it was incredibly stable. It felt like a heavier car, which is funny because at the same time I have that Audi S7 that's our long-term car, and that's a car that's heavy, but it feels way lighter than it is. Huh. And the IS is a light car that feels way heavier. And so, how's it compared yeah. to BMWs? Like, I mean, well, that's another thing, too, because like I remember series, talking... I but, haven't driven yeah. enough BMWs because I don't think BMW likes me very much. <laughs> I, I did a great... They're not going to like me I after did, what I was to say. What, I did what I think is a great <laughs> review of the most recent uh, uh, 335, yeah. and I love the car, and yeah. I sent them in the video, and they never replied. And I no, I mean, it, I don't get a lot of because I mean, I mean, because the 335 to me is sort of like the standard in that. Yeah, you know, it's what fantastic. I mean? Yeah, um, it, the power's not there. The power yeah. is definitely not there. Um, not to humble brag or anything, but I was talking with the chief engineer of the new IS. Mm, indeed, yes, <laughs> quite classy. But he actually did say that they benchmarked the E90. BMW for the new IS. Yeah, because everybody, because I've only driven the F10 330. It's F10, F30. right? Yes, yeah, no, F30. F30. F10's the 5 Series. Okay, yeah, so that 335. Mm -hmm. And everybody who drove is like, no, no, the E90 or E90, whatever, E92. I, E92 is M3. E92 is a coupe. Yeah, E92 is the coupe. Yeah, E90. E90 is the smaller sedan, and, and, and from that perspective, it is smaller. And Everybody said the E90 steering blows away the Well, because it doesn't have the electronic, F30, right? right. Yeah. And gearbox, too, they said. Yeah. Which I mean, you're also talking to a guy that really yeah. liked the ATS over the 3 Series. So, it might be the only one. Okay, I'm going to I'm I'm digress, because when I was taking the keys for my new F10 550i, I'm at the dealership, and they're like, okay, they're cleaning it, they're going to bring it up, and I'm like, walk out, and I'm standing there, and there's this white manual... E90 M3, oh. black interior, and I'm like, what am I doing? How much for that? And they're like, oh man, you know somebody wants to buy that. We'll totally do a smoking deal. And I'm like, literally like kicking myself. Like, like kill me, kill me. Why kill did me. I? Dude. I bought the wrong car. Right. Dude. Yeah. And if I had bought Judging the right E90 M3, I would probably still love BMW. Instead, I bought the F10 550i, and I'm like, mm, BMW is losing its way. And that that is like totally skewed my perception of the brand completely. That's funny, you know. Just like two paths in life. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's funny. You now, took some, the one most traveled. Yeah, yeah that's the, true. The wrong. Uh, yeah. Speaking of cool stuff we've driven lately, I was just up in Seattle, and I haven't written my review on it yet, but I just drove the new F Type. And you mm. rode in a float plane, Ooh. a seaplane, which is cool. Forget that plane. The plane was awesome because it was a modified like super. It was a super otter, but okay, the cool. um, I like those. The F Type. The V6 sounds more interesting than I thought it would. Good God, the V8 sounds amazing. Have Jeff. you had any of those come into the shop yet? Uh, no. Now, we, if, a bunch of our guys went down to the, to the Jaguar thing that they had for that car and were right. going away. Oh, so. the noise. Thankfully, the drive route included a few tunnels. Yeah. Oh, my. The, this, it's my new favorite V8 sound. It's unbelievable. Does it backfire? Yes. Yeah. Like oh, a good. fucking snack, maniac. Snack Which one pops. did you drive? All three of them? Uh, two. 
Okay. They didn't have the like the non. There's like a non supercharged six or something. Or no, it's the V6, the V8, and the V8S. Oh, so we drove the V6 and and the V8S. Okay, that's what we drove. Okay, the V6 cool. is still supercharged too, right? V6 is supercharged. Yeah. yeah. Um, that the V8, V8S man. adds like 30 horsepower. I thought the V6 felt, and this is because I'm not as skilled on a track as like someone from a V racing school. Yes. Um, but <laughs> the V8. You had to be way more sensitive with the throttle, obviously, because of, of horsepower and torque. So it felt like, to me, as someone with less track ability, I'm not—I mean, I'm not a total right. idiot out there—but the V6, I could place more easily and then just mash, like with my fat feet, just mash it out of corners a little bit better. Honestly, I mean, that's the thing for me that's starting to annoy me is like a lot of the cars with the big V8s. It's like they they push too much. There's just way too much weight in the front. Like that's actually, I didn't like the E90 M E92 M3 for that reason. Like driving that coupe it just it, it feels really or like the s the s5 or the rs5 with the not there so much rs5 but the s5 with the v8 mm-hmm. and so right. i think the s5 now with the va6 supercharged is yeah. such a better package right. because yeah. it's so much lighter weight especially with the all-wheel drive and everything you get rid of some of that weight and that yeah. car just like shines yeah i mean and, and so i mean maybe if i it all comes down to, to skill like someone who's really adept uh, like a hardcore left foot breaker, they're gonna get in that V8 and be like just gone. Yeah. And then I'm gonna be in the V6 like all right, right. foot, like yeah, uh, off yeah. on, off on. And but either way, but just so I liked the V6 on the track. I liked the V8 on the autocross, which doesn't make much sense, but <laughs> maybe because there was a lot of controlled oversteer, which is a lot of fun. That's and then cool. mm. driving to and from the track, V8 all the way. Yeah. So just what's the sounds the and the experience, between, right? Yeah. What's the weight difference? Not much. It's right. it's really not I much. It's really not much. And that's the one thing that yeah. more True. performance oriented people need to know about Jaguar. They're building very lightweight cars yeah. because it's all aluminum. You know the Is XJ the all aluminum. The XJ weighs less than a five series. Suck on that BMW. Okay. That's amazing. I Anybody, any BMW fan would just be like, "Hub, but no, an XJ." Like, yeah, but you get a you get a dented XJ, and you just have to basically buy a new car. Well, that's the yeah, cost that's of doing business with yeah, Jag. You know, Jaguar. I, do you I like, like luxury? Um, I do you like being I, I, I slightly caddish? I like Jaguar. I do. I think yes. BMW is going to start going the other way. I weight. do too, and I, mean, I think I think the next point, really. you know, the next gen. I think we're still. And I, we talked weight. about this a while back. The the current. Horsepower race is still alive and well. Yeah, still very much alive and well. I really think the next race is is uh, dropping weight. Uh, that's what's. But I think Porsche has already done that. So mm-hmm. you look at a Panamera. You know, Panamera S coming at thirty nine hundred pounds, whereas a five fifty I is coming in at forty four hundred pounds or something like that. I mean, it's it's, it's a five hundred pound difference. The newest Range Rover dropped like right. either five or seven hundred pounds. Yeah, that's pounds, crazy. Something like that. The Cayenne dropped and a bunch of weight too. So you're starting to see that. Whereas the the X five M is fifty three hundred pounds. That's insane. And so, it's like BMW needs to not try to chase Mercedes. It's like don't don't try to be Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Don't try to be Audi because both the, both Audi and Mercedes haven't yet gone the lightweight. They're still just horsepower, horsepower, yep. horsepower. And, and it's like they they like start cars. I think if they started trying to go more to the Porsche philosophy, which is the lighter weight, BMWs would shine. They I could mean, they could have they a would renaissance. Be untouchable. Like they could have a renaissance. Would, yeah, imagine an F thirty three an M three or whatever it's going to be called. You know the new three series M three. With fucking M four hundred with four hundred pounds less weight, right? Right. I mean, it would just and blow your mind. And the same amazing drivetrain. The and so always exactly building great motors. Right. And exactly. I'm I'm the first to admit that I'm a Mercedes fanboy. I love Benzes. I like big Benzes. I like the yeah. power. But if Merce- and and I always rail against BMW a little bit. Um, but if they came back and started dropping weight, and I mean, yeah. I would be, uh, yeah. I would be raising my hands and cheering and be so happy for them to rent it to slip back into what they used to be. It'd be a very wonderful thing. I that's that's the thing that bugged me. I think I I, I, I was driving my five fifty I and you know, luxurious, gorgeous car. Wonderful. I mean it, it, in every every sense I should have loved it. And then I drove my owner's Panamera and I was like, holy yep. crap. Yeah. No you know, contact. It just ruined completely ruined the BMW for me. And the Panamera is bigger the but Cayenne felt would ruin so much. A Cayenne would ruin the 550. Yeah, the, the Panamera so, felt so much lighter. It, it, it drove like Jeez, it, it was so much. Jack. So when they you are. when you go drive that turbo, right. it's gonna yeah. I, I'm yeah, that's gonna, be, that's, that's gonna, gonna be, blow your mind. Goddamn that's gonna, awesome. that's gonna be amazing. Yeah. All right, that sounds good. Well, on that jealous note, I think it's time to wrap this thing up. 
Um, Alan, thank you so much for driving up here yeah. and joining us and bringing that delicious beer. Uh, we've had a wonderful time chatting with you, learning more about wheels, and and uh, then also being jealous that Blake's going to the ring. Blake, have a fantastic time at the ring. I'm going to try not to die. Please don't. <laughs> Hopefully. Because i got to do more Don't episodes. scratch the car. That's the easiest thing That's to say. True. Don't scratch it. That means you haven't wrapped it around a pole. You haven't done anything. CTSV school graduates pull never die. Yeah. There you go. So... Uh, there you go, folks. Episode 22. We'll see you hopefully next week, but we've got a lot of travel coming up, so we'll try to squeeze one in for you. And if we don't, we'll see you in two weeks. Stay tuned for more. Adios.